pray that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light and that our spirits would be strengthened and Lord that our lives would be edified and encouraged and comforted by the scripture and by the spirit of the living God speak through me Lord today I pray help me sir to be a blessing to your precious sheep and I give you glory for it in Jesus name and everyone said amen and amen. You may be seated. I want to invite you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of 2 Corinthians. We're going to look at this verse in the message translation. 2 Corinthians, if you would. And uh, the scripture that we're going to look at is found in chapter 6 and verses 11 through 13. We're looking at the subject, No More Limits. We've talked about how that when we're obedient to the Lord, that we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he will exalt us in due time. Last week we talked about that some of the limitations that we limit ourselves with, and by the way, I've discovered that most limits are self-induced. One is ignorance and the other one is distractions. Now this morning, I believe that God wants to open us up so that we don't allow our lives to become narrow or constricted in our spirits or in our thinking. Notice in verse 11 through 13, he says, Dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives are not small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Everyone say, live openly and expansively. And so he's provoking them to open up their hearts. He said the narrowness that you feel is coming really from on the inside of you. And so we see then that our Father God also wants us to live expansively. He wants us to live life without limits. Now, the word expansive means to be wide open. It means generous with room to breathe. And so living expansively, understand this, it's not just about things. It's not what you have or you don't have in the, in the natural realm. It's how you see yourself in Christ. It's how you look upon your life. It's what kind of attitude you display in your life. It's how you think about your life in accordance with the word of the living God. Now I want us to look at Ephesians, the third chapter, and notice with me in verse 14 through 19. He says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be what? To be strengthened with might by the Holy Spirit, where? In In the inner man. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts, he does this by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God or all the fullness of love. Now listen, strength will come into your life 
when you get a revelation of how much your father loves you. I want to read something I saw the other day. How wide is God's love for us? Well, it's wide enough to be everywhere. There's no place you can be where God isn't. You may feel alone, but you will never be alone. How long is God's love? Well, it's long enough to last forever. Human love can wear out, but God's love will never stop. He'll never stop loving you. How deep is God's love? Well, it's deep enough to handle anything. Tony, it's handled you and me all of our lives. Hallelujah. No matter what pain or what hurt you may experience, no matter what pit you might currently be in, no matter whether you've hit bottom or not, God's love goes deeper and lower than your problem. And then how high is God's love? Well, it's high enough to overlook your mistakes. Regardless of your mistakes, God offers to forgive you and help you to start all over again. And so this understanding of how much God loves us gives us then the responsibility and the blessing to love one another. Because when you're filled with all the fullness of God, He's placed His love on the inside of you. Now, the ability for you to let go of bitterness and the ability for me to forgive is on the inside. Now, how many of you want your faith to work? Well, faith will not work in an unforgiving heart. Faith will not work in a heart that's filled with bitterness. Faith will not work in a home where there's strife, where there's confusion in every evil work. Faith will not work in a person that's judgmental. Faith will not work in a person that's critical. Faith will not work in a person's life who does not allow this love to flow through them. Amen. Now listen to this. The Word of God says that faith will begin to work and operate fully and that faith works by love. Now say this with me. My faith worketh for me because I'm walking in the realm where God walks. I'm walking in the love of God. I open up my heart to receive all the love that God has for me. And I open up my spirit to allow rivers of living love to flow through me to other people. Listen, friend, when you live your life like that, you will be strong. You will be strengthened with might. And verse 20 will become a reality in our lives when verse 14 and tw- through t- verse 19 are operating in our lives. Mm-hmm. Look at verse 20 in the Amplified Version. It says, Now to him who by the consequence of the action of his power that is working in us, he's able to carry out his purpose. And he's able to do superabundantly, far over and above all that we can dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, thoughts, desires, hopes, or dreams. Listen, it's according to what's on the inside of you. 
Just go like this. Lord, say, Lord, I open up my heart. I refuse my life to be narrow or constricted by the things of this life. Think about it. Filled with all the fullness of God. The word filled means to be crammed. It basically means there's no more room. And so we see then that God wants us opened up, yielded, and expanded. And when these things begin to happen in our lives, blessings show up on the right and blessings show up on the left. You'll be blessed coming in and you'll be blessed going out. It'll be a reality and not just a confession. You'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be above only and you will not be beneath. Now listen, I want to look at 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 in the Amplified Version just for a moment. How many of you ever heard of a guy by the name of Jabez? Uh, in the middle of all the begats of 1 Chronicles chapter 4, there was a guy that they all of a sudden stopped and it was worth mentioning more about Jabez. Hundreds of books have been written about Jabez. In verse 9 in the Amplified of 1 Chronicles 4, it says, Jabez was honor above all his brothers, but his mother named, his Jabez, named him Jabez, which means sorrow maker, saying, because I bore him in pain. Now get the picture here. Long labor. <laughs> Mom was getting even. And she called her boy Jabez. How would you like to be called Jabez? You show up on the playground. Hey, there's old sorrow. There's old pain and grief. Here comes trouble. <laughs> but you know, one day, Jabez got fed up with his circumstances. Anybody ever just got sick and tired of being sick and tired? I mean, just fed up with the way that things were. And he said, you know what? I'm going to make a change. Something is going to happen in my life. I'm going to make room for the Lord. I don't care what I've been called all my life. It doesn't matter what people have done to me. It doesn't matter what people have said to me. I'm going to see God move in my life. I am ready for a change. How many of you today are ready for a big change? How many of you are ready to be enlarged, to be increased? To go into the land of more territory. To go into a place where God looks upon your life and says, I'm going to bless their socks off. I'm going to do some exceeding great and powerful things in their life. Here's what Jabez did. Jabez got a revelation on how change could come into his life. Notice with me in verse 10 in the Amplified Version, it says, Jabez cried to the God of Israel. I mean, sometimes, folks, you just got to cry out to God. And he prayed this, Oh, that you would bless me. Pray this with me. Oh, Lord, that you would bless me. And that you would enlarge my border. And that your hand might be with me. And that you would keep me from evil. So it might not hurt, hurt me. Notice this. And God, we serve a God who grants. We serve a God of great grants. But I want you to notice basically what Jabez was praying. He was saying, Lord, I'm tired of things being like they are. And so I'm praying, oh God, 
enlarge my border. The NLT says, Lord, enlarge my territory. Lord, may your hand be upon me. And may I be kept from evil. And God, the God of grants, granted his request. And I've discovered this. That if you cry to the Lord out of a sincere heart, he will grant the request of a heartfelt cry. He will respond to your situation. He will respond to your circumstance. Be honest today. How many of you really want more of him? I appreciate your honesty because that's just about a third of you. And that's all right. If you're not there yet, just keep coming. Just keep hearing. Just keep listening. Don't close your ears to the Lord and what he would say to you. Try to keep yourself focused and concentrated upon Him. Amen. Let me ask one more time. How many of you really want more of Him? Amen. How many of you desire to increase and enlarge and expand in your heart? The question I have for you this morning is, are you willing to make room? Are you willing to get rid of the clutter? I don't know what your clutter is, but I know what my clutter is. We all deal with clutter. Mm -hmm. And we all have those things that we need to lay aside. Mm -hmm. We all have these things of this life that would try to distract us and clutter that would try to keep us out of our wealthy place. But I've discovered this in my life, that if I want the God who grants more territory. If I want the God of enlargement to enlarge my territory, I need to give him more territory in my life. I said I need to give him more territory in my life. You see, Brenda and I were talking this morning on the way to to church, and, you know, it's quite an enlightenment to know that the Bay Area has 7 million people and 3.5 and and 3.6, 3.7 million of them don't go to church. And I was wondering on the way to church, I said, what do you think people do on Sunday mornings? The first thing that came up is they stay in bed. The second thing is they go to Costco. (laughs) The third thing is they go to the remote. I mean, you better get that NFL ticket because you can see every play. I mean, you can just get so stupid on football that you just... And I like football. Don't get me wrong. But what do people do? They go out to breakfast. They sit around in their PJs and talk as time goes by. With all these gifts on the inside of them with all this supply that they would have for the kingdom of God. It's sad. It is sad. And I, for one, have decided I'm not going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to call upon the God of glory. And I'm going to continue to pray in spite of what I see or don't see in the natural realm. I'm going to pray for an outpouring 
of revival and of God's presence and of God's glory on this region so that people put their remotes down, people put their football away, and people get on with the plan of God for their lives. Yeah. It's so important. Time goes by so fast. See, we're not about building our own kingdom in this place. We're building up the kingdom of God. So if you want more territory in your life, have you thought of maybe giving Him a little bit more place in your life? We talk about influence, and leadership is influence, but every one of us in this room have a measure, and we have a degree of influence, do we not? And people pray and say, oh, Lord, increase my influence. Lord, it just doesn't feel like I'm, I'm fulfilling the plan of God. Oh, Lord, more influence. But have you thought of this? If we want to have more influence, we must position ourselves to be greatly and more influenced by Him. What are you talking about, Pastor? Influenced by Him. I'm talking about spending some time with Him. I'm talking about being in His presence where He can impact your life and saturate you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I'm talking about literally spending time in the Bible. Think of that. What I'm talking about is being on fire for God. I just sense the Holy Spirit saying, More territory, more influence? Okay, give me more. Selah. Selah. Think about it. Thank God. So say this with me. Prayer Prayer. equals answers. And answers equals joy. He's the God who grants things. Look at John 16, 23 and 24. Just like Jabez prayed. You can pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. In the amplified version of John 16, 23 and 24. John 16, 23, 24 and the amplified version, if you could please. I don't have it written down. And when that time comes, you will need to ask nothing of me. You will need to ask me no questions. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, that my Father will what? He will grant you whatever you ask in my name is presenting all that I am. Verse 24. Let's read this together. Up to this time, you have not asked a single thing in my name as presenting all that I am. But now ask and keep on asking and you will receive so that your joy, gladness, delight may be full full and complete. So during the course of this time, during the course of this study, you know, I've got a lot of time to, to think and to pray and to look to the Lord on certain things in certain areas. And I asked this question to the Lord. I said, now, Lord, how have I limited you? Because I know you're not limited. How have I limited you? And how do others limit you? 
How does this happen? Immediately what came into my spirit is the Lord said, by your thinking. That your thinking is too small. Is it possible for us to think too small? To be restricted and to be constricted up here. So he's basically saying, your thinking has been too small. Has the Lord ever given you a vision or shown you something that he wants you to do? Or maybe given you a glimpse of the future about what God has in store for you? How many of you ever seen something like that? Just that you just know on the inside of you. And because maybe your thinking was a little narrow and constricted, you had this question, me, Lord? Not me. Who, me? You ever had the who, me's before? I've had the woe is me's. But I've also had this question, me, Lord? Me, Lord? And immediately in my spirit, this thought came, not you, but me in you. And me for you. Hallelujah. And me with you. And me in you. You have found this out. That apart from him, you can do nada. How many of you know that nada times nada equals nada? So let's work with this just for a moment. Me for you. In, in Romans 8.31, he says, What shall we then say to these things? Now, things will come to your mind, and they will tell you there's no way it's impossible for you. But in Romans 8.31, we must address these things with this answer. Say it with me. If God be for me... So number one, God's for us. Is God for you? Number two, God is with us. Look at uh, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Did you wear your shouting clothes this morning? Isaiah, the 41st chapter in the 10th verse. He said, son, daughter, don't you dare be afraid. Why? I, I am with you. Okay, let me ask once again. Fear not. Why? Let's say it again. I am with you. He said, be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. And I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you to do the exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Because I'm with you, and I'm for you, I'm helping you, I'm strengthening you. I am that I am on your side. And that makes all the difference. He said, I'll strengthen you, I'll help you. And not only that, but I will uphold you. When you feel like you're falling, when you feel like you're failing, when you feel like you can't go another day, the God of the universe said, I'm with you to uphold you, to help you, and to strengthen you. He will uphold you with the right hand of his righteousness. Me, Lord? No, not you, but me with you. Me, Lord? No, not you. 
but me for you. Me, Lord, not you. Let's look at the third one. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Look at this. Look at here, look at here, look at here, look at here. Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 says, Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations. That word mystery in the Greek is mysterion. And in those days they had what they called secret fraternities. And to find out about what was on the inside of these secret fraternities, you had to join, and then that which was secret became known. And so he borrows that Greek word, mysterion, and he's talking about the presence of God. And he's saying, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations. You see, there were things that were a mystery to us before Christ died on the cross and before he rose from the dead and from generations. But now that which is veiled has become unveiled and manifest to you, his saints. Now notice verse 27. Look at this. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Read the rest. Which is Christ in you. Say it again. Which is Christ in you. One more time. Which is Christ in you. Me, Lord, not you, but Christ in you. Christ for you. Christ with you. We can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. Listen, Christ in you, my friend, makes all the difference in your life. Christ for you makes all the difference in your life. Christ on your side makes all the difference. He is in you. He is the hope, friend. He is the expectation of His glory and of His presence being made known in your life to enable you to do what He's called you to do. Somebody shout amen. Oh, my goodness. So, when you get a rhema from heaven, don't turn it down and don't turn it off. Just give him more territory. Let him influence you greater. And remind yourself, he, if, hey, if God be for me, who can be against me? Hallelujah. If God be with me, I'm upheld, I'm helped, and I'm strengthened. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm going to make it. I'm going to do it by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, we must then not allow our thinking to limit us. See, Gideon was limited by his thinking. He thought that where he grew up would prevent him from being a deliverer. But God said, Gideon, I'm with you and I'm for you. Moses hindered was hindered by his thinking. He was narrow and constricted in his thinking. He says, I'm not eloquent. I can't do this. I can't do that. But God said, put that aside. Know this, that I am the great I am. And when you show up to Pharaoh's door and he tells you who sent you, you say, I am that I am. am. I'm telling you what, if am, I am before you, hallelujah, it's a done deal. Oh, thank you, Lord. So here's what happens. Meditating on God's Word 
builds the capacity for you to see as he sees and gives the ability to see what he sees. Look with me at Isaiah 55, verse 7 through 9, if you would, very quickly. Meditating in the Word is a key to building the capacity of being strengthened to do the will of God. As we go over there, let me quote Joshua 1.8. He says, This book of the law shall not depart out of their mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now notice with me in, in uh, Isaiah 55. Notice this verse. He says, Let the wicked forsake his way. Somebody says, Well, I'm not wicked. But how many of you know you can be a Christian and still operate in wicked ways? What is the word wicked? Well, we get our word wicker from it. What is wicker? Wicker is something that's twisted. Even though Jesus has straightened your life out and made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you have a choice to live right. Or you have a choice to live wrong. So let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Well, I'm not unrighteous, Pastor. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Yes, you are. But how many of you know the righteousness of God in Christ can have some stupid, unrighteous thoughts? I mean, straight from the pit of hell. And let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways my ways, says the Lord. Verse 9. Read it with me. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, the NLT says it like this. My thoughts are nothing like yours. And my ways are way out beyond you could ever imagine. So listen. He has given you and me his word. And he's given you and me his spirit. So that we may think and believe and declare his thoughts and function in his ways. Say that with me. He's given me his word and his spirit. So that I may think and believe and declare his thoughts and function in his ways. And here's what I have in my spirit. We must, I must, we must leave the low lands of carnal thinking. Low thinking. Narrow, constricted thinking. And tap in to his higher thoughts. Now listen to this statement. His higher thoughts, which are found in His Word and come from the Holy Spirit, His higher thoughts will always be better than what any man or you and I could ever think up on our own. And will always lead us to a higher and a better and more sure way. Now here's the problem with small thinking. Small thinking leads to small believing. And small believing leads to small talking. And small talking leads to little or zero results. Listen to this. Dad Hagen said years ago, if your thinking is wrong, your believing is wrong. And if your believing is wrong, then your talking will be wrong. And I've added something to it today. If your talking is wrong, you will end up having the wrong results. 
If your thinking is wrong and your believing is wrong and your talking is wrong, you will have wrong results. Now, here's what happens. Here's what happens when most people end up getting some lousy results in their life. Anybody ever had some lousy results? I mean, things just aren't going right and things kind of going south. You've been there. I've been there. We've all been there. It kind of seems like, (laughs) here's what I got in between services. It kind of seems like that all hell is just breaking loose. Any of you ever been there? All hell seems to be breaking loose. Now, I understand that the devil attacks people, right? But we should not give the devil any help and open up a door for him to attack us through wrong speaking, which is a result of wrong believing, which ultimately is a result of wrong thinking. Get the equation. Wrong thinking, wrong believing, wrong talking, Wrong results. Now, here's what happens for people, especially that don't know any better. Oh, man, it seems like just everything's going wrong. All hell's breaking loose. Why is God doing this to me? You know, God gets the blame for a lot of things he really doesn't have anything to do with. He gets the blame for some things that we've initiated on our own. Through what? I know I'm belaboring it. Through wrong thinking. Through wrong believing. Through wrong talking. And here's a scripture I got for you this morning. And let me just quote it to you. In response to it seems like all hell's breaking loose. Here's the scripture. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And so the tongue is a fire, (laughs) a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and it sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. So we can set things in motion through the words of our mouth. So that is why we continuously exhort you as pastors of this ministry to speak the proper words, to think the proper thoughts, because what you are thinking and what you are speaking becomes a reality in your life. And if what I'm thinking and what I am speaking is not what I really desire, I'm going to limit myself. Is that right? Now notice this. Turn me to Proverbs 23, verse 7. Proverbs 23, verse 7. It says, For as a man thinketh, where? In his heart or in his mind. As a man meditates, whatever he thinks upon, notice with me what happens. So is he. I want to close with just a few quotes that I want to give you this morning. There was a man, there is a man in the East Coast. He has a great church in Brooklyn. His name is A.R. Bernard. Perhaps you've heard of him. But here's what A.R. Bernard says. He says that your attitude or your frame of mind 
determines your approach. Your attitude or your frame of mind will determine your approach. And your approach will determine your success or failure. Basically, what this is saying is this, is your outlook determines your outcome. You've heard the old saying that your attitude determines your what? So here's what I want you to see today. When things are changing on the inside of your heart, when you're expanding, when you're thinking the thoughts of God, it will have a positive outcome on your attitude and your altitude and what you accomplish in this life. Listen, there's one thing. How many of you know there's a lot of things you can't control? You cannot control a lot of stuff, right? But if there's one thing you can control, it's your thinking. You can control your thinking. Much of what you and I deal with when tough times happen really is between our ears. Folks, instead of being so negative about everything, when you get the word on the inside of you and you become enlarged in your spirit, you will find yourself being positive. To where you don't think like the world, you don't talk like the world. When that happens in your life, you know that transformation's taken place. You know that real change is happening in your life. When you look at Monday morning through the lens of the Word instead of through the lens of how the world looks at Monday morning, whoo, Lord of God, you begin to see some changes and some transformation. My prayer for you in the name of Jesus is that you would change on the inside and that there would be a transformation take place in your soul. My prayer, Lord God, for these precious ones today is that they would prosper and that they would be in health even as their soul prospers. Lord, that each and every one of us would take the limits off of ourselves by wrong thinking. Lord, we choose this day life. We choose this day strength. We choose this day victory. We choose to face this week with a sense that, thank God, you're with us. You're with us. You are with us. And, Lord, you're for us. And thank you, Lord, that you are in us. Say it with me real strong. Greater is he that is with me that is for me, that is in me, than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God some praise today. Thank you, Lord. Woo, glory to God. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my.